hi everybody welcome to the the usl show um your home for usl related news and, and results thing i've never started a podcast with that uh this is the uh, conference semi-final recap slash final preview um we're recording on sunday october 28th we're also live uh on the youtube youtube.com backslash the usl show if you want to check us out interact with us, with us there we spent a good like 10 minutes i think just pony and i before we went you know live with the recording um just kind of talking about whatever it was a decent enough time um yeah i'm your host and uh show titleist evan valella i'm sorry if you don't know the reference but it's uh the myth of sisyphus which is an albert Camus book um I'm terrible. Initially, I was going to call it um, Kierkegaard is right because he wrote a book called um, Replication, but that was even more obscure, so I scrapped that one. I'll stop rambling. Um, thank you to our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves, your home for MLS, USL, national team uh, scarves, as well as scarves for your own club or fundraiser. Check those guys out, roughneckscarves.com. We are also proudly brought to you by and produced by the Beautiful Game Network podcast. Shout out to Mike Sparks. Check everybody out there, uh, bgn.fm on the internet, as well as at the bgn.fm on Twitter. Also have a really good written side of things, um, at USL News on Twitter for all that stuff. Joining me tonight so far, um, it is our non-international international correspondent, the man that puts the show in show notes, Ryan Allen. Ryan, how's it going? Going pretty well. I'm just uh, typing up to uh, Anthony in the group chat at the moment. And just like what team they should root for in the yep. and I just gave some reasons. It's a good show. Uh, also joining us after a week off, right? You weren't here last week, or were you? I don't remember. No, no, I didn't think so. We had a lot of uptick in uh, in listens from Ohio. That's why I asked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't even have to. I don't even have to introduce you anymore, but I'm going to. Um, if USL had an equestria, he would be a rainbow dash. If you think that he hates your team, it's because one, he has the stats to back it up. And two, it's because you're right. He does. It's, uh, it's everyone's favorite Brony. It's Pony. How's it going, man? Ah, pretty good for yeah. Sunday night. It's true. It's very true. Um, I'm not used to having a show with a, this little matches and B this little news. So we'll get into the news real quick and then we'll, we'll talk about the games. Um, in USL League One news, Lansing Ignite, out of Lansing, Michigan, were announced on Thursday as, as a inaugural. Oh boy, inaugural League One member. They didn't use the hashtag smitten with the mitten like I asked, but it's okay. Um, yeah, it's it's good stuff. It'll be a good team there in a nice college town. It'll work out. Yeah, they'll be playing in the uh, single A stadium of the uh, Lansing Lugnuts, which seats about seventy five hundred plus an additional six thousand for seating patio or for lawn seating patio pavilion standing room, and uh, that stadium is also home to the um, Michigan State baseball team. And mm. the Lansing Lugnuts is an affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays, so that could be a derby or rivalry brewing with Toronto FC too. Doesn't Toronto have to be good for it to be a rivalry? Um, FC Montreal. <laughs> Possibly uh, more points next season than Toronto. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, they might. They might. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good logo. I like the logo. 
Yeah, it actually was a very solid logo for what a lot of teams have done. It's mm. unique. I mean, I don't know much about cars, so I can't quite see how ignition fits with it too well, but I like it. It's better than what a lot of teams have done. I think this just leaves uh, FC Dallas 2 and uh, Roma's California team as the remaining status left to be announced. Sounds right. We were actually talking before you got here, and I didn't remember where FC Dallas 2 was allegedly going to come in. But I don't think it, or if for stating what it's not going to be in Fresco, it's going to be its own place, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Could they do it at their academy? Would they do it at their academy? If they have the infrastructure for it, I know Atlanta United 2 has um like a 3,000 seats around one of their practice grounds at their academy in Atlanta. Yeah. So they could still play there if they want to. They could just fit more at Smyrna or in um, Gwinnett. Mm. Fair enough. That was it. Wow. There you go. I mean, a bunch of MLS news, but this isn't the eh. MLS show. Um. Oh, uh, no, just a real quick shout out to uh, to former Red Bull 2, Derek Etienne Jr. Scoring the goal, give, a, give the first team the Supporters' Shield. That's all I got. In six years. Yeah. So, if you want to know why we pay attention to the two teams, there you go. Speaking of, um, oh wait, I hold on. We have a tradition here. <clears throat> I have the talking jacks pin. What's weird is this is a very um, visual gag for an audio, mostly audio podcast. But that being said, it's it's real. I have it. Uh, I flip it. Heads up, Eastern Conference, heads down, uh, Western Conference. Evan, isn't it weighted weird? Yeah, well, whatever. Bill. Hot damn, it landed face down. Bill. Hey. Is that, is that Phil's here. In a row? Perfect timing. Is, is it? Three weeks in a row, it's landed face down. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I haven't been keeping track. Does anyone anyone know? Phil, I just flipped the... Um... Yeah, that's three in a row. And uh, Is it my, really? Yeah, my favorite part about last week was when you asked yourself a question like, Evan, isn't it? Not weighted oh, correctly. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did it again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's the new. That's the new bit for the for the pin flip. I like and the answer is yes. <laughs> it is. It's it's weighted wrong. Um, oh, also, uh, real quick, uh, thank you to our other sponsors uh, and my dear friends this week, uh, Doctor Pepper and Yukon Jack. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> hey, ah, I don't get in trouble for uh, for that one. Um. Anyway, Western Conference semifinals. Uh, Phoenix Rising, the third seed, four. Swift Park Rangers, the seventh seed, two. Jason Johnson starts things off in the 22nd. Tyler Blackwood gets one in the 26th. Swift Park take the lead in the 33rd off a Haji Berry goal. Chris Cortez responds pretty much right after a 36th minute. Uh, the Jamaican, Kevon Lambert, in the 48th. And then who else but Didier Drogba with the icing on the cake. Nice little tap in. In the 90th minute, Phoenix Rising goes on uh, to play in the Western Conference Finals. To the surprise of nobody. Yeah, right. A lot of uh, there's a lot of lack, or there's a lack of surprises going on in the in the playoffs. And I was hoping for more surprise. Hey, yeah. Park didn't look bad in this game. They no. looked competitive for the most part. I think two goals is 
more than they should have lost by. It seems like they should have lost by about a goal, but they looked in, in it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there were spans where I thought they were actually going to get equalizer or maybe even get the win. If Phoenix plays like this, they probably don't stand a chance against whoever comes out of the East if they make it there because mm-hmm. that back line did not look good against the Swope yeah. Park team who is not really always known for scoring. They can at times, but I'd be a little bit concerned about Phoenix moving forward. I think I had them as my pick to win it all before the playoffs started. I'm very much more unsure about that now, but if they stay healthy, that's going to be their big one. They need to stay very, very healthy to have a chance, and that back line needs to step up a bit because you can't be allowing two goals against Swope Park and probably should have been allowing three or possibly even more. They didn't, that, 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 that back line does not look quite the lovely expected championship team to support. I think that back line's like good against certain types of teams. And then I think they struggle against teams like Swope that pass it around a lot. And OC is kind of similar in that way. So it may be, and I may be wrong about this, but I've been thinking this for a little while, getting an inkling of this kind of feeling about Phoenix's defense. Cause obviously they destroy against teams like St. Louis that are just kind of fast and physical on the attack. But you know, OC could be the type of team that could rip them apart and could be a really interesting game in that way. Yeah. I mean, I, go, ahead, Ryan, go for it. I mean, I, personally, for at least Phoenix, they looked solid enough that, I mean, scoring four goals is a decent night. I thought it was interesting with the Swope Park. Their first goal came in the 26th minute. Um, in the 27th minute when it was their first goal last week in Sacramento and then the regular season finale, it was in the 28th minute was when their first goal was against Los Dos. And it looked well enough. I mean, they were leading at one point for three minutes, but obviously Drogba came through with the icing on the cake and Phoenix kind of took care of business. Now they have to travel to face a rather good OC team over in Irvine. Right, I know you're talking about passing most passes in USL this year. Swope Park was number one. Orange County clocks in at number four. So that could be dangerous for Phoenix second round, or I guess final round of the West. Yeah. It does at least seem like something that could frustrate the Phoenix defense. Yeah. They're definitely not going to out-muscle them. You know, like that's not going to happen. Right. They're going to have to definitely do it a different way, and, and maybe maybe their way is the right way. We'll have to see. I didn't give him an intro because you joined late, but the the voice you just heard before mine, right then, uh, it's Creamy Irish Coffee, the latest man, the St. Louis Metropolitan Area, my good friend, uh, Phil Grimms. I'm glad I made it. Hey, man. I had to get a I'm kick. glad you're here. Left my family's house a little late tonight, so. It's all good. It's all good. Um, I will say about Swope Park, I agree that they haven't been terribly impre- impressive offensively um, this whole season, but man, Haji Berry. You know what's funny too is yeah, Haji Berry's awesome, but um, it's interesting how dangerous Blackwood can be, and he's not getting yeah. any press whatsoever. Um, and there was a don't time- worry, I get to talk about that with two people that scored in uh, in two of the other games <laughs> about Blackwood or well, just about that they're very good, but they don't get enough credit. We talked oh, about Aiden Quinn yeah. before, but I think uh, Brian Ownby is in the same category. Oh my gosh, yes, hundred uh, percent. Mm-hmm. He's definitely, yeah, 100%. But but no, about Blackwood, I think I think there was one lineup that was written up that um, 
he was up top and Haji Berry was on the wing. And I thought that was interesting, especially because they don't, those two especially don't mind switching places quite often. And Haji Berry seems to be comfortable going out wide and, and it really yeah. seems to work well. And Blackwell is a decent finisher and gets himself into de- uh, diff- uh, good attacking positions. And he's a young kid. I think, I think he's maybe 20, something like that. So yeah, someone that doesn't get enough press that, that somewhat deserves it is black Blackwood for sure. Uh, other game in the West, a little tighter. Number one seed, Orange County, one, uh, Reno 1868 FC, nil. Number five, uh, Aiden Quinn, 29th minute. And let me tell you, it's not about, um, you know, how you put them in or, you know, when you score or how much you score. If you don't let the other team score, you have a pretty good chance of winning, especially the playoffs. So, um, OC advances, they will host Phoenix, which, what, maybe a month ago we would have thought would have flipped, but mm-hmm. that's what happens when you don't close out the season. Um, and, you know, there you go, Orange County at home. The The question, and I think I know the answer, um, because it's an away game and Drogba has been a little reluctant to play away at times, not that I blame him, does he play? Out in out in Irvine, he has to, right? Yeah. It's on a grass field, so it's you can't use the turf kind of excuse. Yeah, he has to be hurt to not play this game. You don't miss the conference finals. Right. Phil also to backtrack, not to rain on your parade or anything, but Tyler Blackwood's twenty seven. Oh, thank you very much. I'm glad you I, I'd rather be corrected than be wrong. So he was with Sacramento for at least a year or two, I think. Wow, I had no idea he was that old because he does look young in my in in the face. He does. Oh, he totally does. He still does. But yeah, no, he's he's uh, not that he's old or anything. Well, but it does make a difference. Like at this yeah. point, he should be doing that well at the age of twenty-seven. You know, it's it's a yeah. little less impressive. But still, guys, thoughts on the on the OC Reno match? Other than Orange County did what they had to do here. Surprisingly low scoring. I mean, if you told me Orange County scored one goal, I would have bet they got eliminated more often than not in this one. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if that was their defense playing well or Reno just failing to convert, but yes. if you only set one goal as a standard, I mean, much like a game we're going to talk about coming up, 1-0 would be a very low down on my possible score lines of what I thought would happen in this one. And, I mean... More power in Orange County. I thought they'd be in trouble against Reno or Salt Lake, but they managed to shut them down, which is something they haven't always done. Mm-hmm. And if they could shut down teams, Orange County is going to be really, really dangerous. Yeah, it's like uh, early se- season Orange County is kind of what they looked at like in that game. But I-, I don't know if I would definitely sell myself on that being the case in this game because both teams – got them it was kind of like one of those one zero uh games that was really exciting because both teams got into scoring positions like so many times so 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 many Mm -hmm. times it was a really exciting game it was back and forth sometimes like end to end immediately and um i really enjoyed watching it it was just like the finishing wasn't there for either team um even anna voldson you know aiden quinn ended up getting the goal which was a really good one but it wasn't the most impressive position attacking position anyone was in this in that game so 
Um, both sides missed a lot and either team could have won that. You know, the defense I think was, was worse than the attacking in this. It was just the finishing was worse than the defense. <laughs> so um, yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting that it was one zero. No one expected that, but it's still like watching the game. It was still kind of the attacking soccer that you would expect from a game like Reno versus OC. Just no finishing. It's crazy. Yeah. Looking at it, Orange County had, one shutout in their last 14 regular season games. Yeah. Yeah. It stopped like their defense stopped being so effective midway through the season, I believe. And um, like you said, 14 games. Um, yeah. It was surprising to their credit though, right around the 70 minute mark, they just started clearing the ball. So I guess you have to give them credit for, um, you know, 20, 25 minutes of, of defending, you know, and not trying to attack all that hard. Um, but still, well, they had 41 clearances in the game, which is a lot for a team playing at home and ahead. It, if you're looking back through at their past results in the regular season, they had five 1 0 score lines against uh, four different teams, and not, I think none of them came against a playoff team. Right. Orange kind of looked good. They just didn't look like team I expect to win the cup good. They need to kick it into another gear, sir. I agree. I completely agree. They do at least have the advantage of being the host priority as the highest team currently left in the league. Mm. The crowd at OC was good too. They were lively. You know, every time something good happened, you heard a nice loud <laughs> exclamation from the crowd. So that's nice to see in OC. Like their their attendance yeah. hasn't been incredible all year, but it's been rising every week since the playoffs. So that's good. Well, and 4, like I think it means a lot more. I was that was going to be incredibly dumb. Do it. I was going to say I think it it means a lot more. I can still make that work. I think it means a lot more for people that know where OC Blues was, yeah. especially people in California or people that work there or you know players that have been through there to see where they are now um, compared to where they came from. Um, you know they went from being a really weird. Black sheep, like oh, don't talk about them. Kind of Toronto FC two of the West kind of thing to you know the number one seed in in, in the Western Conference, um, which is great. Yeah, um, that's completely true. Mm-hmm. I mean, OC Blues were kind of a the black sheep of the league for a few years, and it felt like they were just on another continent in terms of. And I mean, Pony, you'll probably have a better group on this than I, but from everything I heard, it was like, if you reach out to them, you will hear nothing back and you will like it. <laughs> yeah, it was a... Uh... In the USL still. <laughs> no, that's fair. It's still good to see OC respecting their roots. I mean, only OC would be the team to get have their Twitter be hacked for about 18 hours. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that already. <laughs> The new iteration's so much better already. I mean, it, it really is. Especially, I mean, on-field results obviously are the biggest. Here, look at how much better we are. Yeah. But um, it's just nice to see kind of the front office and, and community involvement and things like that. You know, coming yeah. along with it. Let's be honest. If it, was, if it was OC Blues who got hacked, they would just have made a new Twitter account and moved on. <laughs> right. Is that why they rebranded? Like, did their Twitter get hacked at the that beginning was- of the year, like in January? And they're like, you know what? We don't need this. Oh man, that's good. That's really good. Um, yeah, I guess if everyone's happy, we'll move on to the east. Mm-hmm. Great. 
Uh, number two, Louisville City two. That's funny. Uh, number six, Bethlehem Steel FC nil. Goals by that that bad man. He does it in the postseason all the time. Brian Ownby, 34th minute, 58th minute. Um, oh, man. Where do I... Uh... Yes, give us give us what you think, Evan. I want to hear it. Um, no, uh, so I had USL memes reach out because uh, we're kind of friends. Um, and just a couple other people were like, hey, like, you know, good luck tonight. And, and what are you expecting? I think Goose mentioned something. And I was like, as long as we play better than that really awful 4-0 four, four loss last year, I'll be all right. Um, and we did that. So that's great. No, like, glaring mistakes on, on either of the goals. Um, if anything, the offensive finishing wasn't there. And I, as much as I like seeing, you know, Nanko and, or Nanko, sorry, and uh, and Moar on the wings, I think if Galena was healthy, he must have picked up a knock in training. Um, that would have been interesting. And uh, I, don't, I don't think Ferris did enough, if I'm honest. But um, really great season from the guys. It was a wonderful group of people to get to know. Um, and I am very, very excited uh, to see however many of them come back next year. And then if there's a couple guys that end up in different places, that'll be all right, too. Um, as long as everyone just has a job, because I think that is a group of guys very much deserving of one. Um, the other thing I'll say. Whoever produced that really should have turned that microphone off on the sideline. Oh, oh my I didn't God. Hear this. What happened? Uh, so, Phil, do you know how, like, if, if you go to a match in the USL and it can be a little quiet and, and a referee makes a call and then you can hear what, you know, Poulos or, or the coach says very audibly and sometimes they're a little vulgar? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You got to hear um, Brendan Burke and John Hackworth, <laughs> mostly Brendan. Be very salty. Um, yeah, more Brendan than Hack for whatever reason. That makes me. But uh, literally, in 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 a post game interview he did that Bethlehem Steel put up, Brendan actually apologized after the match. Which, uh, <laughs> coach, I didn't think he had to do that because obviously you don't know that everyone can hear you and that mic is hot. Um, but yeah, um, you know, you guys do your effing jobs. You got to be effing kidding me. You guys are effing terrible. Things like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I edited it for content, but he did not. So um, I really don't think it was Brendan or, or Hack's problem because I don't think coaches are mindful of, you know, there being microphones. <laughs> not on not on the field, because I think you always kind of know that there's two by either corner flag. But wherever the one in Louisville was must have been like right underneath the center table or something because you could hear literally. Yeah, I mean, and we're not even talking just um, uh, just the coaches, but like there was substitutions that they were saying like to put up on the board that you could hear before they happened. So I want to chalk that one up to the producers, not quite. Yeah, getting it more than anything else. But I do appreciate Brendan Burke apologizing. He's a, a I'm biased, but him and Hack both are, are quality guys. It's it's interesting for him to apologize because it's not really his fault. He should be able to say whatever he wants. You know, it's not like right, right. He didn't yeah. get red carded, so it must not have been the worst thing that was said all year. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, it's definitely a problem with with the league that happened in a uh, St. Louis. 
game too. Pulis was like as loud as could be. You know, yeah. he might have all been mic'd up, and a yeah. lot of people mentioned that on Twitter. So it happens every once in a while, and it sucks for especially uh, like especially in a playoff match, right? Yeah. And like. I, you know, I, I get why people would be upset because if you have kids or whatever that are watching it, you don't necessarily want them to be exposed to that kind of language. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's an in the heat of the moment thing for sure. You know, so mm -hmm. it is what it is. Um, also, kudos to I am so sorry. I don't know your name, but uh, whoever does Louisville social media, I, uh, I, I told them that I know it doesn't have any bearing on them and they can't change anything. But that field. Oh man, the sooner they get out of there, the better. Because if I have to watch a, a USL final on that pitch, I might lose my mind. Yeah, you might too. Um, do is it twenty twenty that their pitch is going to be their stadium is going to be done? Believe so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I'm I'm googling it now, but I cannot wait. Not only because twenty twenty eleven thousand okay. capacity. Sure. Not only do we need to get rid of that terrible, terrible pitch, but it's going to be so much cooler to see, you know, a team yeah. like that and a crowd like that in a legit soccer stadium that's the right mm -hmm. side of USL. I mean, I'm so excited about it. It's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they're still that good, right? <laughs> I think they will be. I really do. There will be. There will be teams that have been good for a long time. Yeah, but I'm seriously like, I wonder – Two things. I wonder how many people O'Connor is going to pull up to Orlando City because I think he'd rather have less talented players that work their asses off than have what he has right now, which is talent that I'm not sure they're working hard for him right now. I'm not sure. But I think he might try out some of his guys from Louisville City. And the more O'Connor guys that leave, I think the worse that team's going to get, honestly. I mean, I, I think Hackworth's probably a, a great coach, but... I think O'Connor mm -hmm. was, was the man there. I think he's the reason they're still this good, personally. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of the only teams that have missed the playoffs ever since they've been in the last five years. Would be like Sacramento's never missed, Louisville, maybe like Charleston. New York, Cincinnati, Charleston, and that's probably about it. Anyone else that has had at least one or two down years, right? So I think we see Louisville around for a long time cincinnati's never missed but maybe yep. them and uh orlando just need to trade rosters and bring tom dwyer and sasha Kleston into usl oh my gosh oh, bring man. back 2013 oh, orlando and had dom dwyer lead the league <laughs> i'd like to see sasha and own be on the field at the same time with oh, oh my god i need it <laughs> honestly, honestly um <laughs> A part of me kind of doesn't see how Cameron Lancaster stays in the USL next year. I think he should. I think almost. just because if I'm an MLS team, I I feel like I can out outbid essentially Louisville to keep Cam. I mean, I'm just thinking how many times have we had a you know Golden Boot winner immediately go to MLS and become irrelevant? Dan Kelly, Dan Kelly, uh, Coley, he did the same thing too, okay, right? Yeah. Yep. We haven't seen a super successful USL striker make the move and be successful, except for I think Dom Dwyer. Right? Is he the only one? And Etienne Junior. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I think the MLS two teams have a little bit better track record, but the independents, yeah. when someone gets taken, they just fade into nothing. It's sad. I, I really hate that that happens. 
And same for uh, assist leaders. Well, Honestly, that's what I'm going to be watching for Ledesma next year, who I think has the best chance to actually do a good job in MLS. But still, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a little surprised at the the level of defending and how much less time he has on the ball. I think he's going to get a little yeah, shocked in the beginning. Physicality for him. You think because, so? Because uh, we'll talk about it. I, I do. Well, and I have an example. Luckily, Hassan and Dom went shoulder to shoulder with him and basically just told him I'm getting this ball. Um, and Ndam won <laughs> handedly because <laughs> Ndam is very tall. Ledesma not, not as tall. Um, so I think Ledesma, if he um, real like adapts his game a little bit and realizes that he's not going to be able to outmuscle anybody anymore, he'll be all right. Yeah. He's just got to be crafty with the ball and he can certainly do that. I think so too. He's got the speaking he's got of the talent. Yeah, go for it. Good transition. Uh oh boy. Your number one seed FC Cincinnati nil. Number five, New York Red Bulls two, one. And uh that is the end of Cincinnati in USL. Now, guys, I know you know, we have we have the tweets every once in a while that what are you know, what are we gonna do now since he's gone? Who's gonna be the heel of the league? Um thanks for listening everybody by the way um it's been nice <laughs> packing it in there's no um, one to pick fights with anymore so the drama's gone guys this is it that being said, well, of course we know the drama's gone who knows what happens next year that being said that being said i saw uh i went mafia came out and tweeted uh hashtag uh cotch out hashtag birding out uh hey <laughs> The president is not going to fire himself, y'all. That's ridiculous. That man just made a shit ton of money. He ain't going anywhere. Oh, my gosh. That was the best. Yeah. That was literally the best fan of an FCC team goodbye ever. That was the best. It was really good. It was really good. Your Lord. Partly because it wasn't actually directed at us, and then partly because I was just like, really? The... uh, we the more serious anyone in Cincinnati, and, and, and I will here, here, let me put on my serious voice. Anyone in Cincinnati that um, honestly has any inkling of, oh, well, we need to get rid of Allen. No, 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 no. Right. Nope. I get it. There might be better coaches out there. You know, like, like Caleb Porter's unemployed. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But. Even if you look at it like you have to reward a guy for the last three years of what he's put into this team and for all the jokes about, oh, well, they have all this payroll and they bring in all these guys and Adi's there and Alashe's there now and, you know, look at just the, the quality of player they're bringing in. The coach has to make those guys work. Um, and Allen is a nice enough guy in my opinion again don't have a whole lot of experience with him but has always been pleasant i do um nice so nice yeah yeah i mean i've talked to him like you know five or six times briefly and not in you know any super revealing conversations but between him and and a couple other coaches in the league are, are all very complimentary um he made it work and you know for what that team accomplished in USL and for what they've they've been able to do for the last three years now in, in USL uh, in the regular season is phenomenal. And so, you know, to think that any of those guys should be outright fired for that performance, 
is silly and is an extremely hot take and is an extremely wrong take. Yeah. So I, there you go. I think that's Let's calm down. And I think what Brian Weigel said, something like he's, you know, seen a lot of hot takes and he doesn't agree with them all, but he likes how much it, he sees the fans caring. And I think that's a good way yeah. to put it because, you know, this one guy, this is just one guy, right? This is wrong as hell, right? Wrong as hell. A fair amount of people uh, on a website, but that's, yeah, it is. It is one person tweeted that it wasn't like they passed it around the supporters group and had everyone hit a letter. But, but interestingly, it's funny because, you know, now that we're looking back at the season and we were making fun of, you know, people getting a little too out of, bent out of shape about, you know, Koch deserves coach of the year. Let's look at, look back at like what they did this year and how much MLS future MLS teams have like just burned out in, in USL the year before they, they promote quote promote, um, you know, like he did something very special this year. And I feel like I was sold the second I saw Ledesma just like bawling right after that game. Ledesma's bawling at the loss against Red Bulls too. And I mean, he cares. I mean, that's awesome. And and that's a good team culture if you see something like the the best player on your team just bawling mm-hmm. after a match and he's still mm-hmm. competitive and still cares about tier two when he's about to go up to tier one and perhaps mm-hmm. – may even make the team that's huge and and i think a lot of that goes to Koch, if not like 70 80 percent of that goes to Koch. yeah i'm i'm gonna go ahead and just go on with what i tweeted today which is like i'm gonna miss fcc i'm gonna miss cincinnati there's just been so much drama there's been so much like fan back and forth a lot of twitter fun yep. you know i'm gonna miss having you know i said quote fc you know bayern munich of the league this year it's gonna, like gonna miss having like a team that has all the money being spent and should be destroying every team and kind of did and then there's the drama of coming out of the playoffs early like this is a lot of fun and i'm gonna really miss that next year so yeah. if i can say you know Props to you, FCC. It's been a lot of fun. I wish you luck in the future. And then, you know, Nashville fans, if you guys want to go crazy next year, just like batshit crazy, we're Do open it. for it, you know? Like, yeah, let's battle next year. Let's have some fun. We got six new teams coming into the league. I'd argue that it'd be a bit bold or loco of a few Texas teams to yeah. start. Bold was like, we're going to Not like one of these teams coming in, right? It could be bold, man. I think it, I think it might be them. Yeah, and their fans like who's the MLS to Austin guy? He might be a bold fan next year. Oh, he might be crazy. I already don't like him. Oh man. Mm. So Pony target. Pony, a notorious FCC quote unquote hater. <laughs> well, yeah. I think the thing I'm gonna miss most is a good villain in the league. Yeah. For a villain to be a good villain. You need them to actually be good and have a chance to win it all. You can't say Toronto is the villain of the league, even if they're a dirty team or Vegas just pulling them because they have the most fouls and yellow cards. Mm-hmm. They're not the villain. They're they could be a dirty team or a team you dislike. But to have a good story, you need a team who everyone hates, quote unquote, whether it be for success or for money or for being the Yankees, which I think was what Cincinnati owned this year. Yep. And that's leaving. And I think that hurts the league more than anything else mm-hmm. is we need a team who the rest of the league go, oh, yeah, as long as they don't win, we're happy. Or whoever knocks them out, we cheer for them because they're not supposed to win or they're the favorites. You, you can't have 
the perennial favorite win the league hands down because that's not fun for anyone except who lives in the city. At the same time, you can't have the team who everyone is supposed to hate be irrelevant. That's not fun for anyone. You need a good villain. Cincy did that. And there are a lot of good Cincy fans who were very accommodating, who had good banter, and who were realists. And you had the Cincy fans who were not, who I think attracted some of my ire. It's like, oh, yeah, we're the best team, and screw you, USL, you suck, we're leaving, ha, 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 you, that, and you had that, which was the bad Cincy fans, but the good Cincy fans and the good Cincy team, I mean, as weird as it sounds, thank you for the last few years. You made this league interesting in your own right. You embraced what you're supposed to embrace. You did it well, and you had a few very good teams in the mix. I really wish you would have won this one so we could see one final Cincy Louisville game, because I think we all... Oh, we all deserve that as fans. If you could get that in off season somehow next year, I'd really appreciate it as kind of a grudge match. Open cup. I mean, pay per view that would probably sell even. I didn't know that. <clears throat> but in the end, since he did, was good for this league, and the league will be worse without it. I think, as Mike Pendleton was saying, it's not going to kill the league. The league will still be perfectly fine without Cincy, but it won't be the same. Yep. And Thank you for providing what you provided. For the fans who were good fans, good to know you. Stop by when your MLS2 team shows up or your affiliation team shows up. For the fans that basically just said the league was a horrible thing and good riddance, stay in MLS. See how you like that. But I think that's it. It's been a good few years. Well, at least for FC Cincinnati, the last time they played Louisville, they were able to walk off the the pitch as winners when they triumphed uh, 1-0 in September. Corbin Bowen would be scoring that only goal. They also lost the season series. They still walked off the field as <laughs> the winners in that final derby. Yeah, they still we're don't looking, hold we're the season the series. Um, about the game, by the way, because we haven't actually talked about that. <clears throat> Um, I think if if Amanda Moreno gets closed down like at all on that shot, it doesn't. Yes. That was a weird one. Um, also weird for as much like like Alan Coach is great. Um, <clears throat> why you don't play your Golden Glove goalkeeper in the playoffs? Mm. And I know it's a league award, and and you know there's been a lot of people problems about how they determine that, which. You know, maybe you should look at that now that the guy who won the thing only played what twenty games and didn't start either of the playoff appearances they had. He he was hurt at one point. I think he lost a starting job somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean that's the yeah. But like, but yeah, I I get one, the point. It's one where if I had to rent keepers, he might be around number ten. Yeah, that not is, his fault. It's like you know whoever voted on that. That's the that's the group that messed up. Not Koch. <laughs> you know, well, it's, again, it's a golden glove. If you meet the requirements, you win, period. Well, but I think we argued very nicely that he didn't meet, meet the requirements, in my opinion. Well, how many games is a requirement, I guess, is the question. Um, oh, sorry. No, it's 50% of your team's minutes. Oh, it's just Which I think he qualified for. Yeah, because he played 20 games, which is about half. Yeah, he played more than half the games. Yeah. If you, Even if you... I mean, I agree he doesn't deserve to be on the keeper of the year ballot, but he still won golden glove. 
And by the rules, you can't take it away just because he didn't play a playoff game. Well, okay. No. Maybe I misunderstood. Is this a math equation or was it a vote? Because no, I- it's a math equation. Oh, okay, thank you. It's mostly math. Thank you. I, I was under the wrong assumption. So yeah, this I think it's purely sorry. least goals allowed per game, depending on how many games you played. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't the uh, the media vote or anything like that. Like this is just a statistic kind of thing. Yeah, I think yeah, keeper of the year is either Pickens or Cohen for me. I would have gone Pickens. Friend of the show, Brendan Miller made a good point that Max Crapo. Yes. Should yeah. be a Crapo is on there. I there, think given and that he's set the right team. The New York keeper needs to be on there too. I mean, Loro, the part despite having a horrible defense around him, he's a good keeper. I'm worried about him because he looked like he got hurt about halfway through the game last week. Yes, he did. Right? Yesterday. Good news yeah, for Louisville. That's not good. Because I agree he's great. But um tell you what, uh, on the broadcast, I forget who it's the FC Cincinnati guys, so I, I don't know. But uh, apparently Red Bull 2 uh, center back Hassan and Dom uh, was saying that he was better than Fernando Adi. And let me tell you, they kind of had Adi in their pocket. Adi just looked off. He looked off. He looked uninterested, if I'm honest. Um, and a little frustrated with the service he was getting, which is weird. Because like you said, I thought Ledesma was, was you know playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe their corners weren't as good as they should have been. Although Forrest Lasso, buddy, just look at where you want to head the ball. You know? Like, if you if you go back and look, I think he had like three or four clean headers. Yeah. When you whole... head the ball, you're to look at where you want to put it, he looked not at goal. Yeah, the whole season, the best strength of Cincinnati was finishing. They had one of the best. They I think they finished 20% of their shots. Not shots on target, but shots and they didn't do that in this game if they would have been at their league pace they would have won this game same with new york they both teams for lack of probably better phrasing did not look too good i don't think either team deserved to win this one so to speak i think louisville would have killed new york or cincinnati on that game it would have been close it probably would have been a two three goal win and i think bethlehem could have even hung with either of these guys if not pulled off a win they both looked off, especially in the first half. Cincinnati looked bad, and the second half, New York looked bad. Mm-hmm. It was one of those where I don't think either team has much to look forward to in saying we did this good. It was more of our opponent played worse, and it's just kind of it's really weird to see two teams who New York has historically been one of the best teams in the league. I think they're tied with Louisville for most wins playoff wise in the last five years, and Cincinnati looked great for the past few months. Even in close games, they managed to find a way to win. And in this game, both teams just looked bad. They looked like they were not playoff teams, at least not playoff teams who are supposed to win the cup. And it's a bad way to go out for Cincinnati in a not a performance where you got beat, but where I think you lost it. And for New York, I think this is going to be a, could be a very ugly game against Louisville. It could be. I just want to come back at that just a little tiny bit where I, I do think you're right, but as a devil's advocate argument is is this is what a Red Bull system does to other teams at times is it turns it into this ugly match where you know they're high pressing. They're just hoping for that one interception that turns into a counter into a fast break and then turns into a goal, which we saw, right? Like early enough in the game that the rest of the game was just like messed up, right? 
I think Red Bull just was hoping to press their way and defend their way out of the rest of the game so they could win one to zero. And they got that wish in my opinion. Um, and, and even like teams like world beaters can lose to a team like that. If it, if it, if, if it swings right. And I, I do feel yeah. like Red Bull kind of got away with it this time or their system worked and did what they wanted because they beat a team that's, let's be honest, a team that's more talented than them. But but that system does that. It just works like that. And and it happened in the playoffs. It kind of sucks for, for Cincinnati fans, but but that's the way it went it went down. Yeah. Yeah, I want, yeah, these were the number one and number two scoring teams in the league for the playoff teams. And this just is a weird result. I mean, I was saying if you told me to list possible results, New York 1-0, might not even be in the top 20 for this going into this game. I mean, New York was a, was a bad defensive team. I think this was their first ever playoff shutout beyond the first round. And Cincinnati had been one of the best scoring teams in the entire league. This is just one of those really weird games. I think if you played it a hundred times, this is going to be the, one of those weird scores. I think we're going to see more Cincinnati wins four, three games than New York won nothing because New York usually doesn't only score one goal. They don't shut someone out. Cincinnati doesn't score only one goal, especially against this sort of team. It was very abnormality, and it broke New York's way, I think. And Alan, Alan Underwood just said, you know, it's the bad thing about a one-and-done playoff situation. You know, this game happened more than once this season. What, FC Cincinnati won most of those, right? Or both of them? I think they won both, but they were statistically close at least the second one was but yeah it's a one-off playoff and mm-hmm. kind of like the world cup sometimes those those teams will just win that one situation and move yep. on you see it in a lot i just i just thought it was strange that red bull were able to score i mean it was a good hit but i don't think it was anything that richie wouldn't have got to a lot you know and so they get a little bit of a fluky goal really early on and they just kind of hold on yeah, you know, you nailed it with like who? Why didn't they just like foul that? Was it Morales? He said, uh, Mourinho. Mourinho, thank you. Like they should have just like fouled him or yeah. pressed the crap out of him with two players. But to Red Bull's credit, as soon as he was on the break, they had two guys on the wings making runs, and that flinch, you know, that that little flinch that one of the Cincy defenders made is when he was like, okay, he's gonna go to the other guy making the run and that flinch was enough to make some space for the goal i mean they pulled it off exactly how they should have props to him for it but yeah since he could have handled it a little better in the situation and i still think they could have scored at the end i thought for sure they would i just lasso had so many chances on set pieces i don't understand how he doesn't put any of those away other than the form was a little off again not nothing wrong with how he hit contact it's just you know if he literally looks at Evan Loro and that ball goes towards Evan Loro. And he, I actually, I said it during the game. I went, you know, if you had the ball off a set piece and Evan and Evan Loro makes, you know, three saves off of three really good, good corners. All right. He stood on his head. You know, he won them the game. That's a lot easier than saying, you know, Oh, we had really good set pieces, but we didn't get any of them on target. Yeah, since he wins this seven out of ten times at least, maybe eight out of ten. But sometimes that the ball bounces the way it bounces. Yeah. Um moving on. 
this weekend, it's your conference finals. November 2nd, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the start. Um, don't go back to last year or the year before this and try to figure out Eastern Conference winners. Don't get confused. It's uh, Louisville versus New York Red Bulls, too. First meeting, New York wins. Second meeting, Louisville wins. Third meeting, Alabama won theirs. In the this is the Clemson Alabama game. So, uh, who wins the rubber match here between Louisville and New York Rebel Two? Ryan, care to educate me? I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that Clemson Alabama has played each other three times in the playoff over the past couple seasons, and Louisville New York has followed the same path that uh, Louisville matches up with Clemson in their games. Rebel Two matches up with Alabama in theirs. Alabama won part three last year, so it, it's a good omen that for them to get matched up. But honestly, I think it's going to be Louisville for this one. If you look at um, the last six conference finals since 2015, only one road team has won, and that was LA Galaxy 2 over OKC in 2015. And I just think Louisville is a stronger side. Yeah. I think the way that Louisville plays on top of what Ryan just said, which is more more valuable than what I'm about to say. But I think the way they play, just it, they're going to be able to figure out how to how to get past that Red Bull defense and press. Mm. You know, I think it's just going to happen. Yeah, probably. I mean, New York is more of a sporadic sporadic team, where I think more than some of the teams around them, they could actually take it to and beat Louisville if everything breaks right. But they also could just get completely chillacked. I mean, I could completely see a game where it's 2 nothing Louisville at the half. It doesn't even look close. And they add another goal, 3 nothing going away. But at the same time, we just saw New York take down Cincinnati, who was the favorite to win the entire thing. So I think this is Louisville's game to lose. I think you got to look at it that way. It's theirs, it's theirs to lose. Like it was Cincinnati's game to lose against New York. Yeah. Where if Louisville shows up, plays the way they're supposed to play, they're through. But New York is talented enough to make, to make any small mistakes, punishments worth it. And if New York punishes mistakes by Louisville sufficiently, they could easily get through. I think it's Louisville, but New York has the talent to take him down. That's perfectly said, I think. Hmm. Here's a fun fact. John Hackworth has one appearance for the Carolina Dynamo. The who? Apparently. <laughs> right. Apparently. And I'll, I'm going to have to ask them about this. Unless play, Ryan knows. They play in Greensboro. They play in Greensboro, but they're taking Carolina Dynamo's legacy? Is that true? Is that true? The Wikipedia article says, founded in 1993, the team plays in USL League 2, the fourth tier of the American Soccer Pyramid. Oh my goodness. Oh wait, they're a PDL team. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like the nod to Nottingham Forest in their logo. Oh my god, their logo's terrible. Please look it up. But uh... <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to throw that out there, but you know, Hackworth's one senior team appearance was for a PDL side. I don't know why you're here, Evan, if it's not to make deep dive comments on every single episode. Corbin Bone played for Great. this team as well. 
Oh my god, that's right. That's oh, insane. Corbin Bone, Jimmy McLaughlin. There's there's a fair bit of sense, you guys, that would have been. Damn it! No, uh, guys, fight each other in a parking lot, please. Uh, even better. Disclaimer: the thoughts and opinions of me, sarcastic or otherwise, do not reflect that of the network that I'm on or other people. So, you know, in case you couldn't tell that was sarcasm, please don't fight each other in a parking lot. <laughs> Maybe uh, like play some Jenga or something. I don't know. Whatever. Um, <coughs> Western Coverage Final. Pony, don't die. That would be terrible. That wasn't me. That was me almost oh, dying. Oh, that would also be terrible. No one die. That would be terrible. Uh, Western Coward's final, November 3rd, 10 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. Uh, first time since the league split East and West that we have two teams in the top four in the conference finals. I love it. Pony, who you got? This is probably this is a hard game to call. I mean, I guess I'm going to go Phoenix because they had Phoenix and Louisville in the finals when the playoffs started and just double down. But the Phoenix defense, like I said, has looked kind of shaky. And if Orange County offense shows up, mm. they probably can put enough goals past Phoenix to win. This could be, I could believe almost any result here. I could believe this is some 4-3 Orange County game. I could believe it's going to be one nothing to Phoenix. But again, if Phoenix is a team where, if healthy, just looks so talented. And I think the offense can make it for an average, below average back line if their keeper was is actually playing well. I think they get through, but Orange County has so much talent. It, it's it's really hard. This is by far I think the closest game in the finals. I think Louisville should be should advance like eighty percent of the time, but this one it's almost a coin flip. I think it's just going to come down to whose offense shows up, mm. and if Phoenix is healthy, I think their offense has a little bit better chance of showing up. So. I back Phoenix, but I have no qualms seeing almost anything happen in this game. I was going to say the same thing, but the opposite. I was going to say whoever's defense shows up is going to win, but I don't know if we're going to be able to tell the difference between a prolific offense and a solid defense, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, basically, you know, Tony. Offense is the best defense setup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, both. I mean, Phoenix had the best defense at 38 goals allowed. And they both, they were the number one and two scoring teams in the West. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good game. It's nice that that's so close, like too close to call. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, it'll be a shootout for sure. Um, so, guys, give me your USL Cup final. I pick the final or the finalists? Final, finalists. I'm sorry. I'll go first. I think it's going to be – I'm going to say OC versus Louisville uh, cool. just because I, I have really enjoyed OC's play this year. So I'm going to go ahead and just put my favorite just barely on top of Phoenix, and, and I think Louisville's going to go through. I think they're going to walk all over Red Bull. Probably 2-0 is my guess. I'm going to go with what I had before the playoffs started and just reiterate Phoenix and Louisville. 
Yeah, Bunny, I agree too. I picked at the start of the playoff as well in Louisville Phoenix. And I also think it's the final that the league really wants to see. Mm, referees. I don't know. I think I think they could live with I I think as long as it's not New York. Well, actually the thing is New York's York not gonna host. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. And if New York uh, is on, that means Phoenix could possibly host it if they win their side. And I, I think, think the hosting priority goes Orange County, Louisville, Phoenix, New York. Actually, I almost would say that the league would, would want to see New York win because that way it's not played in a baseball stadium. Yeah, I was thinking similarly. I don't think they're going to want it in a baseball stadium, but I don't think they want it in an empty one either. I mean, they got to be one. I think Phoenix and Orange County fill the state, fill the stands for a final. Definitely. Phoenix, especially. It's not going to be like Phoenix a 20,000. It's not going to be Cincinnati, but Phoenix is it's going to be a full 8,000 person stadium thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Finally, right? This is what uh, what we want. Thank goodness it's not going to be in an empty stadium. That was the worst. I was saying Louisville Phoenix as in terms of two independent clubs with a bunch of fan support. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten a true independent USL final since we saw uh, Sacramento and Harrisburg in 2014. Yep. Um. Here you could shout in the chat. I saw the tweet this morning and forgot about it. Um, props to Sam Dor and the Phoenix folks for not only driving the bus like a fan asks, not only driving it to Orange County, but driving them back with the fans. <laughs> so that no one gets left in Orange County. That was a good. That was a good question. I don't know who said that, but they did follow up with a response that not only would they be busing people to Irvine, but they'd also be busing them back because <laughs> um, you know you can't assume anymore. I guess. Um, and you know, again, like I tweeted out, not to say that being on our, our podcast helps your team in the playoffs, but one <laughs> made it this year, right? That we did I that we talked to? Yeah. Oh, no, you have you might be right. I might be. No. James. Um, North Carolina. Uh Austin. Yep. Uh is that it though? They were close. Other than that. All right. So I will say that if you're on our show, there's a more than 0% chance that you make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you have the, if we do our team draft odds, um, Kev, myself, and um, Phil are the only ones with teams left. Yeah. Yeah. First runner is not kind to my uh, teams. That'd be- <laughs> Because I almost got out of here without giving one, but I'll give one anyway. Um, I would love Phoenix Red Bull too because I think the atmosphere will be crazy in Phoenix. <clears throat> that being said, um, I think we got Louisville and and uh, why not? And I think Orange County hosts. I. Steve has been really good. Aiden Quinn's been really good. Those are two guys that can be hot. And I I, I think they're going to give Phoenix's back line a lot of problems. I don't know. Phoenix Red Bull 2 sponsored by Monster Energy Drink could be interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Five-hour energy. Just for the day. Just for the day. <laughs> I always thought that NYCFC should dump the Etihad sponsorship to get Monster Energy on their side. Um, guys, any other thoughts before we get out of here? I'll just kind of generally. Great. 
been really good playoffs. I, yeah. I it's come down. You know, it's really big that we don't have two two sides in the final. That makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, like we had too many um, penalty wins last year in the West. You know, for OK, OKC versus Swope in the final is a lot more boring than what we've been watching the last two weeks or this week and the upcoming weeks. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm yeah, not- the penalty kicks out of the way the first week. It's fun. Yeah. And my team is one of those teams that could upset someone with defense and somewhat more boring soccer. So that's mm. an, that's an unbiased opinion. Uh, let me get some plugs and we'll get out. Um, like I said, we go live every uh, usually every Monday, sometimes every Sunday. Stay tuned on um, on YouTube, youtube.com backslash the USL show. If you subscribe there, it'll just let you know when we're when we're live and you can just click through and bang. There we are in your home or whatever. Great. Uh, but that being said, if you, uh, if you don't have time to listen to this live or you would rather kill an hour of your, of your week at work, which if you do that, Hey, thanks. That's really cool. Um, by listening to our podcasts, uh, on the downloaded episode or, or, you know, the more podcast format, um, Stitcher, iTunes, um, or if you're, if you're feeling it, pop on over to the USL show.com. And you can download our episode there, which also that's where we have all of our archives, which includes our interviews with Sam Dor and Prosper Chalua and James Chambers and Brandon Miller and um, Andrew Weber and Austin Deleuze. It's it's a lot of content. There's a lot of shows. There's also all the old USL show 1.0 shows, which are also great. If you want some perspective on what things were like back then, give it a listen. Um, on our website, you'll also find a link to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash the US social. Thank you so much uh, for that. It's crazy. Uh, as well as there's an orange and blue box, or if you're colorblind, it's a gray and gray box that's for Soccer Loco, which is some dear friends of ours. It's a soccer-specific retailer out of San Diego. They do some good stuff. You can buy anything you could possibly think of. You want, um, I don't know, like a Victoria Pilsen jersey, perhaps. Go for it. It'll be there. If you need cleats for, for your rec league, get them there. They'll ship. It's good stuff. Tell DK I said hi. Um, what else we got? You can find me personally on the Twitters at Speak Evan Speak. That's always a good place to hang out. Um, you can also find the show at the USL show on Twitter. Um, and feel free to email us. Uh, the USL show at gmail.com. We'll take uh, personal. We'll take random queries. We'll take business inquiries. I don't really care. Whatever. Send them in. Um, for my friends, Pony is uh, at Iron Pony Chef. Ryan is at ILM underscore Ryan. And Phil is at Phil with two L's, Grooms with two O's. So um, thank you for, for letting us entertain you, hopefully. Um, and thank you for uh, for sticking around with us for the playoffs. Guys, until next week where we talk about the USL uh, Conference Finals and the USL Championship Preview. Thanks for listening. And... Uh, Just, you know, adhere to our one rule and don't be a dick. Take care, everybody.